Hey, this is Vanessa Marshall. I play Hera Syndulla on Star Wars Rebels, and you're listening to the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. May the Force be with you always. What's up, Star Wars fans? We've got a special announcement for you while you're loading up your favorite podcast. Hey, and this is Ro. What's up, Star Wars fans? If you are in or around the Chicagoland area on November 17th, come and join Team Scarif and the folks over at WSTR Galactic Public Media for a live combo podcast event. That's right, Alex. Sunday, November 17th from 3 p.m. to 5 p.m. at Alley Cat Comics in the Andersonville neighborhood in Chicago. Alley Cat Comics is located at 5304 North Clark Street in Chicago. So if you guys want to be part of our live podcast mega event, come on down. Oh yeah, this is going to be so much fun. We're going to be hanging out with our followers and fans of both the Scarif Podcast and WSTR Public Media, Plus, we're going to be chilling out with our followers and fans of both the Scarif Podcast and WSTR Public Media. Yoshi and David from ILM have spoken to us on the pod, and we're so lucky to have Yoshi here in Chicago and in person, talking with us live. Fresh from the Disney Plus release of The Mandalorian, we'll get to talk about this groundbreaking series with someone who worked on the visual effects for both Mandalorian and The Rise of Skywalker. So come and join us in Chicago on November 17th. That's right, Alex. Mark your calendars. November 17th in Chicago, live podcast, YouTube streamed with a scare of Scuttlebutt podcast, and WSTR Galactic Public Media. Come to the Scarif Podcast live event in Chicago on November 17th. I will obey my master. It is your destiny. Welcome to episode 32 of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. There is more knowledge here than anywhere else in the galaxy. Only members of the Jedi Council are allowed access. Guarding the holocrons is one of the most important duties a Jedi can be given. Do you think you're up to the task? Welcome to another episode of the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. I'm your host, Rob, and we are recording this episode on Tuesday, October 29th, 2019. So, well, once again, we are joined by our good friend, Tom Howell of the Hyperion Adventures podcast and my co-host here on the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. So, Tom, thanks again for uh, taking time out of your schedule to join us and talk a little bit about the Clone Wars. Rob, uh, it's always a pleasure to be with you. You know I love being on the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, especially when we get to talk about such a great subject like the television series, The Clone Wars. Absolutely. And uh, certainly, you know, our job here this week is to try to convince those of you out there who have not seen The Clone Wars why you really do need to see that, um, how it's going to help enhance your enjoyment of Star Wars content. All right, before we jump into this week's main topic, I do just want to take a quick moment to thank our new sponsor, Lucas Family Travel. 
Are you interested in taking a trip to the planet of Batu in the ultra-immersive world of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge at either the Walt Disney World Resort or the Disneyland Resort? If so, the one thing that I can tell you from personal experience is that planning any Disney vacation can be completely overwhelming. That's why you need the expert planning services of Casey Lucas and Lucas Family Travel. Casey can help you to select the perfect resort, book your fast passes, your dining reservations, including those hard-to-get Oga's Cantina reservations, and even recommend the perfect time to visit based on the historical crowd levels. And the best part is that all of these services are completely free to you and included as part of your Disney vacation package. So visit lucasfamilytravel.com today to book your vacation package and enter the promo code JTA podcast in the comments to receive a free gift with your booking. Again, that's lucasfamilytravel.com to book your trip today. And as they say on Batu, may the spires keep you. So thanks again for Lucas Family Travel uh, taking the initiative to uh, reach out to us for sponsorship and uh, pleasure working with those those guys. Definitely, if you're looking to take a Disney World vacation or a Disneyland vacation or really any kind of a vacation uh, involving Disney, you can reach out to them and they are a great service. So uh, with that being said, we will go ahead and jump right into our topic. And, and that really is about why you do need to see the Clone Wars. And I can speak to this personally. Uh, I was kind of a latecomer to the series. Uh, my son had actually watched it about three times all the way through before I got into it. I know when Tom and I first started talking Star Wars, that was one of the things that had surprised him a little bit was that I really hadn't seen the Clone Wars at that point. Yeah, I was a bit surprised. But I was actually a latecomer to it as well. I, didn't, I only saw a few episodes of it when it was on its first run uh, and then eventually picked it up later on streaming services and, you know, just got really entrenched in it. So uh, but I was a little surprised at that point that you had not connected with it as well, because it really is such great content. And it does, you know, provide so much more depth to the Star Wars universe. And I'm sure we'll get into a lot of that as we as this discussion continues. Yeah, I mean, for me, it was largely because I had a lot of other things going on in my life at that particular point in time when it was uh, really airing. And like you, I had come to it via streaming services. So uh, one of the reasons why we really want to do this episode this week is that we are quickly coming up on uh, about two weeks out from the release of Disney Plus, and that is when the Clone Wars and Star Wars Rebels and some of that other great animated content is going to be available online again. And uh, for those of you who have signed up for Disney Plus, uh, this is going to be something that you're definitely going to want to take a, a good, solid look at watching if you have not already, uh, because it is definitely going to be something that's going to enhance your enjoyment of uh, the Star Wars movies that you're probably more familiar with. Oh, there's just no question about it. I mean, you, you will see, especially the prequels, all of the films for that matter, but especially the prequels in so much of a different light once you've actually experienced the entire series of the Clone Wars, or even if you don't want to watch the entire thing, there's just some key episodes out there, some key arcs that you can get into and delve into and really will uh, you know, enhance your viewing of these films as you go back and watch them. Yeah, and that's a great point because the thing with the Clone Wars is the way that they have organized it is it is definitely separated into uh, smaller story arcs within the the larger seasons. And uh, as Tom said, you really don't have to watch the whole thing. You can kind of pick and choose which parts are 
of interest to you. And usually within two or three episodes, they will complete that arc and kind of move on to another subject matter. And it's not all serious content. There are some kind of fun episodes thrown in there as well. Uh, so it's, it really is kind of, uh, broken up a little bit, so it doesn't get too heavy for too long and it doesn't get too goofy for too long. Uh, but there are a number of, of real reasons I think that people should consider watching this. And I guess we will just go ahead and jump right into that now. Let's do it. Uh, yeah. Awesome. So for me, I mean, the first, the first thing, the biggest takeaway for me with watching the clone wars is I really did feel like it enhanced my enjoyment of the prequel trilogy. When that prequel trilogy first came out, um, uh, there were a number of issues that I had with it. And I know that, you know, people that really uh, kind of were coming of age at the time that the prequels came out, don't necessarily see the flaws as much uh, as maybe some of those of us who grew up with the original trilogy. Uh, but, you know, George Lucas was kind of pushing the envelope with the technology and, um, you know, kind of taking some actors that really didn't have a lot of experience and uh, having them work against those green screens. And that translated into some times where, um, you know, the the performances maybe came across a little hollow or whatnot. But really, for me, the bigger issue was just that they were trying to tell such a huge story in just three films and uh, the pacing of those in order to get those that story told over the course of those three films left a lot of gaps in the character development. And uh, the Clone Wars, especially uh, the period of time between Episode 2 Attack of the Clones and Episode 3 Revenge of the Sith really does give you all the the missing information i think to kind of uh, explain why anakin had taken such a big leap in his character from one film to the next no my father didn't fight in the wars he was a navigator on a spice freighter that's what your uncle told you he didn't hold with your father's ideals thought he should have stayed here and not gotten involved you fought in the clone wars yes I was once a Jedi Knight, the same as your father. I wish I'd known him. He was the best star pilot in the galaxy. And a cunning warrior. I understand you've become quite a good pilot yourself. And he was a good friend. Yeah, I mean, let's let's face it. When, you, when you've watched the actual uh, prequel films, you've only seen the original the first battle of the clone wars and essentially the last battle of the clone wars you really there's so much in there to fill in uh and the clone wars does a, a, a good portion of that uh there's so much more character development that is kind of missing from the prequels uh so many things if you you know we grew up you and i rob uh watching the original trilogy and you heard all this lore you know within it about Anakin, you know, especially from Obi-Wan himself talking about how he was a great pilot, a cunning warrior and a great friend. And you just kind of got a little piece of that from the the prequel films, but you didn't really get enough of that. That's where the Clone Wars comes in and fills in some of those gaps. Uh, there, there just is a lot to take in there. And again, you don't have to watch the whole thing. You can watch certain arcs, certain storylines and, and find uh, some of this and it will really expand on what you see when you go back and you watch these films and which will also be available on Disney plus day one. Absolutely. And, you know, kind of to your point there as well, one of the things that is sold so much about the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan and they talk about it within revenge of the Sith, right? You know, it's you were my brother, Anakin. I loved you, but you never really get to see the, that relationship between the two of them grow. You kind of go from 
uh, Attack of the Clones when they're Master and Padawan to uh, Revenge of the Sith, where you do see them a little bit more as equals. But you get no context for how that relationship grows. And that really is kind of one of the other main points that I did want to point out was you really do see the progression of their relationship. You get to see some of the flaws in Obi-Wan, who is a character that um, largely within the films is kind of held up as the perfect Jedi. But there's a story arc with uh, Duchess Satine of Mandalore within the Clone Wars where you realize that uh, Obi-Wan had some kind of unrequited feelings for her. So there was, uh, you know, a little bit more complexity to his character as well. And certainly, uh, uh, you could explain away, I guess, some of the reasons why he overlooked the relationship that Obi or that Anakin had with Padme, uh, that, you know, he eventually had to face up to in Revenge of the Sith. But, um, you know, he clearly was kind of turning a blind eye to that, uh, as you can see within the Clone Wars. Well, I mean, it's really well said, Rob, in that regard. I mean, obviously, yes, you, if you just see the films, uh, you see Obi-Wan is mostly, you know, sticking to uh, the Jedi Order, sticking to the Jedi Code. You know, he's the, the perfect Jedi, as you said. Uh, but when we get into the Clone Wars, you see so much more that occasionally he himself, and then we knew Anakin would kind of uh, bump the system a little bit, trying, you know, kind of bend it around it a little bit. But you actually see Obi-Wan doing that as well. Maybe not as much as Anakin, but you do see it. I thought I told you not to follow me, Master Kenobi. Yes, well, I took a lesson from Anakin and decided not to follow orders. Hey. And yes, the the, the uh, somewhat love story between him and Satine, uh, just, uh, uh, you know, really interesting. And it just brought, it brings so much more depth. And, and actually watching the Clone Wars, I liked Obi-Wan before watching the Clone Wars. Since watching the Clone Wars, Obi-Wan has become my favorite character in Star Wars. I, I love Obi-Wan to death and, and, and a good portion of that reasoning is because you find out so much more about him and his relationship with Anakin and the other Jedi around him. It's just it's it's just really well-rounded and good storytelling throughout. I completely agree. And the other interesting kind of member of that trio within the Clone Wars is Ahsoka Tano, who we have talked about on a couple of episodes on this podcast and referenced a number of other times. And, uh, you know, she is Anakin's Padawan, which unless you've seen the Clone Wars, you don't even realize that Anakin at any point ever had a Padawan. Um, but much as you see with the relationship between Anakin and Obi-Wan, where at times they were kind of willing to bend the rules in order to uh, do the right thing in a given situation, you know, uh, Ahsoka was very similar to Anakin, especially early in the Clone Wars and, and kind of uh, rebellious and snippy and prone to kind of, uh, you know, going off on her own and doing something that maybe other Jedi wouldn't have considered to be, uh, you know, would have considered to be too risky a plan or whatnot. Very much in keeping with the type of character that Anakin was. Um, but she also develops kind of on her own individual story arc within the overall span of the Clone Wars and becomes her own unique character uh, and, and shows a lot of strength, really, um, and is a really nice contrast to what we see from Anakin within the Clone Wars. So, uh, you know, you talk about strong female characters. Uh, Soka Tano, you're not going to get a much stronger female character than her. Uh, and she is incredibly interesting. She actually then spans off into uh, Star Wars Rebels which we'll talk about at a later time and um, kind of, you know, sets herself apart as really the truest embodiment of a light side force user, uh, even though she never really fully attains the rank of Jedi. Yeah. You know, when you look at this series, 
Uh, yes, is it about Obi-Wan? Is it about Anakin? Is it about the Clone Wars, as the title would say? Of course it is. But it almost more, you, you could delve into it and, and argue that it's almost more the story of Ahsoka Tano and how she grows from uh, this young, as you said, Snippy, and as her uh, nickname is, uh, Snips. Uh, you know, she grew from this kind of out on the fringe, kind of cracking the joke, really young, into this very polished and really strong, as you said, female character that uh, really should inspire young women everywhere. She was, uh, she was, is currently a, a wonderful character and to see her development as this storyline progresses uh is one of the key things in watching the clone wars for sure yeah i would certainly agree with that and uh you know kind of taking it and looking at it from the other side right so you've got a lot of folks out there that are certainly that, that identify themselves as light side uh, aligned and love the jedi love the rebellion etc but we also know that there is a subculture within star wars that's very much into the dark side and uh, you know you've got organizations like the 501st which actually i'm going to have an episode coming up shortly uh, where I talked to a member of that organization, but certainly people that in, enjoy the darker characters within the series. And one of the other great things about the Clone Wars for me, first and foremost, uh, Darth Sidious. Uh, you get to see how Emperor Palpatine and his role as Darth Sidious really manipulates the Jedi Order into a position where he is then able to destroy them and, and form his galactic empire. Uh, but also you've got a character like uh, Count Dooku, who we just start to get familiarized with within Attack of the Clones um, and, you know, who meets his demise within Revenge of the Sith. But you don't really get that uh, that backstory as to how he and do uh, sorry, how he and Sidious uh, became aligned and kind of a lot of their relationship uh, in terms of how they both played a role within Sidious's master plan. So to get to experience more of that character of Dooku and to really see uh, the abilities that uh, Darth Sidious had, you know, you won't get to see him fight uh, Jedi until Revenge of the Sith. And all of a sudden he's taken out Jedi masters right and left. Well, within the Clone Wars, you get a lot more context about exactly how uh, he has grown his skills and what his capabilities truly are. I mean, at one point he, he faces off against a couple of dark side users uh, and takes them out pretty handily. Hmm, I sense a presence. A presence I haven't felt since. Master. Most impressed to see you have survived your injuries. I used your training, Master, and I have built all this in hopes of returning to your side. Hmm. How unfortunate that you are attempting to deceive me. Master? You have become a rival! Oh, my God. 
remember the first and only reality of the Sith. There can only be two, and you are no longer my apprentice. You have been replaced. Have mercy. Please, please. There is no mercy. Do not worry. I'm not going to kill you. I have other uses for you. <laughs> yeah, you really do get much more into the entire storyline, the, the backstory of Palpatine, how he gained so much more control, how Darth Sidious was there basically pulling the strings, uh, being the puppet master for both sides of this of this war, of this clone war. And then, you, yes, you get the relationship with uh, Count Dooku as well, Darth Tyrannus. And, uh, you know, you see how he is the master manipulator, the master politician on one side. Uh, you, you know, you, you do you see him battle in the in uh, the actual prequel films? Yes. But you you see more of him just kind of uh, pulling the strings here and there at the, the call of uh, Darth Sidious. Uh, but then every once in a while, he does, you know, get in elbow deep. Uh, you know, other if you're going to talk talk about dark side characters throughout the Clone Wars as well, I mean, you get a better look at General Grievous as well. Hmm. This place looks like a shrine to that strange warrior. This is the lair of General Grievous. Yes, my lord! General, the ongoing stalemate in the war has become unacceptable. There is concern you have lost your focus. Lord Sidious demands more dramatic results. More dead Jedi. You expect victory over Jedi, but all you give me to fight them is battle droids! These must be trophies taken from the Jedi he's murdered. There are so many. If you go into and see uh, Revenge of the Sith, all of a sudden Grievous is there. You don't really have any story behind him. You're just like, okay, this is kind of half living creature or maybe he's even like 10% living creature, mostly exoskeleton that can, you know, wield several lightsabers at once and seems to be like he's troubling the Jedi, but you don't really understand much about him. You get a little bit more in depth behind who he was and, and uh, you know, how he was also being manipulated and thought he had so much power within the Clone Wars, within the Separatists himself, but really was another pawn being handled by both Dooku and uh, Palpatine slash Sidious. You definitely get a great backstory with the Sith. You get a lot more context for who they are and kind of how they uh, are, are acting in a way to bring down the Jedi Order. And by contrast, you also have a lot more information given about the Jedi Order itself, right? Because we do get to see a little bit of that within the prequel trilogy. Um, not much, obviously, within the original trilogy because they essentially don't exist anymore. Uh, but you really get to see kind of the inner workings of how the Jedi Order is 
uh, is set up. Um, kind of the different areas within the Jedi Order. Certainly, the Jedi Temple archives are explored in a lot more detail, uh, which we've pointed out in a couple of our past episodes. But you get to see uh, a lot more about how that Jedi High Council operated who some of the characters were on that council that you just kind of have ancillary exposure to within the film. And uh, there's some very interesting members of the Jedi Council. I mean, Plo Koon is a character that I'm sure that we're going to be doing an episode on at some point, uh, as well as some of the other Jedi Masters on that council and the relationships that they have with both Anakin and Obi-Wan and Ahsoka, uh, as well as... um, some of the failings, I guess, that the Jedi Order uh, was exposed to through this story arc and that kind of led to them being in the position they were in within Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, I mean, it's one of the things that I really love about the Clone Wars is, you know, when you've watched the prequel films, uh, you see the Jedi Council and you see all these members on there. Maybe they have a line here or a nod there or whatever the case may be, but you never really get to know who any of those characters are. You wonder about them. How did they get to be a member of the Jedi Council? What what made them become a master? And through the Clone Wars, especially with Ahsoka Tano, she kind of gets placed with several different um, uh, different Jedi Masters at various times for various different battles. They team up, whatever the case may be. And you kind of get a look into, you know, it's not a full-blown storyline behind them necessarily, but you get a little glimpse more into their backstories, who they are, uh, what made them special, what made them Jedi Masters. And it just, again, it's one more thing to expand on what you watch when you've either seen these films on the big screen or now on the streaming services. Yeah, you can't, you can't argue with that at all. And, uh, you know, for me, one of the other really interesting things about the Clone Wars and something that I'd never really considered until I watched it, but, uh, you know, you would assume that even though they're clones, that the troopers that the Jedi were leading into battle were, were still, you know, treated as humans. Uh, but it was really interesting throughout the arc of the Clone Wars to see, you know, first you've got these clones, they're all from the same template, but they really do have their own individual personalities and that is explored in in great detail within the series. All these characters that look exactly alike, but they all have their particular personalities. Um, There are certain viewpoints on life. You know, some of them occasionally will go off and and start their own life and kind of feel like they've paid their debt. Um, But they really own the clone wars kind of as their battle. uh, And we're very proud of that proud of serving under the Jedi Uh, And at the same time, uh, there were certain Jedi Masters that you come across within this this, uh, Clone Wars series that treated them very much the same way that the Separatists treated the battle droids, right? They're these expandable units that could just be thrown into a situation and you really didn't have to worry about casualties because they were just produced off a a mass production uh, line. So interesting to see that, you know, you did have Jedi that, again, behaved in a very un-Jedi way. Uh, and there are a number of different storylines where that is is really delved into in great detail. Um, and then, you know, again, the individuality of these of these individual clones. Yeah. Uh, once again, you know, bringing it, pointing out the fact that there's much more depth in the storyline. You do find, you know, if you've all you've heard about is, you know, as you watch the films to begin with, especially the original trilogy, is how wonderful the Jedi Knights were, you know, how they were the guardians of, uh, you know, peace and justice in the galaxy or whatever. But, you know, there are gray areas on all sides, and there are definitely gray areas even within the Jedi Order. And then you get to the clones, and, well, they're just so interesting. And if, if you only have seen the, the prequels, 
you really you only know one clone's name. There's only there's only one clone that's ever mentioned by name, and that's Commander Cody. And but you get to find out so many more of them, and, and find out that they yes, like you Rob said, like you said Rob, they they have uh, so many differing personalities, and they wore them knowing that they all looked the same. Uh, they would change their appearance in various ways to, to stand out, whether it be different hairstyles or shave their heads completely, uh, various tattoos or other markings on their bodies to kind of, uh, you know, you know, put themselves apart from their uh, colleagues, uh, you know, essentially their brothers out there, but always fighting loyally, almost always. But you also, you know, saw some storylines where, hey, some of the clones, they didn't want to continue on with this thing. You know, they wanted to do their own thing. So uh, really, really fascinating. Again, depth, depth, depth. It's it's just so good and, and more reason to watch this series. Certainly. Um, and I should point out as well that, uh, you know, you sit there and you watch, you know, this Clone Wars that that takes years of the Star Wars timeline. And you would assume that at some point something might go wrong with this, uh, you know, conditioning that had been implanted in them by Darth Sidious in regards to Order 66. And interestingly enough, there is an individual story arc, I believe it's in season six, uh, of the Clone Wars, where one of the clones essentially has a malfunction with that behavioral inhibitor chip uh, that has the the Order 66 embedded in it and ends up killing a Jedi. And so there is uh, a period of a few episodes where they're addressing that and just how close the Jedi came to finding out about Order 66 before it actually was uh, initiated. So, um, you know, another interesting storyline within the Clone Wars that is something that just adds that much more uh, depth or uh, importance to the fact that Sidious was able to keep that hidden from the Jedi Order and use that essentially to wipe out the Jedi Order uh, within Revenge of the Sith. Yeah, and I don't know about you, Rob. When you watch that that uh, storyline, that, that story arc going on, you, I, I personally almost, like, would you find out if you need to find this out really because you don't want uh the jedi purge to happen order 66 to happen and they're so close to figuring it all out and uh, you know also the fact that uh you know if you just watch the prequels again you had really no ties to the clones you see them fighting the only one really know is commander cody but so when they they when they launch back and go against the jedi you're like okay well they're just like the battle droids essentially you know that's what happens. Whereas then you watch the Clone Wars, you get to know so many of these clones, so many of these characters, and you it, and you see how they work so closely with the Jedi for, through so many battles, through so many difficulties, that it breaks your heart to think that they are being used to turn against these people who have been their friends, their colleagues, their brothers on the battlefield. Yeah, and it kind of lends more credence to the line within uh, Return of the Jedi when, um, you know, Palpatine is telling Luke that his, you know, faith in his friends was his weakness, right? Uh, because yeah. that ties right back into this. So many of the Jedi had uh, developed these personal relationships with these troops that they were leading, and they just trusted them implicitly. And he used that to create a scenario where they could then get the drop on these Jedi masters. And kind of to the point of what we were talking about, because you get to know these Jedi on such a deeper level within the Clone Wars that when you watch a scene like Order 66 being initiated and you see Isla Secura get cut down or Kiati Mundi or uh, Plo Koon get taken out by their clone troopers, all of a sudden, you know, you've just got that much deeper a connection with them and it's that much more uh, impactful of a scene. 
Yeah, it, it definitely. Because you know who those characters are, you know a little bit more of their backstory. You've seen them interact with some of the uh, other heroes within the Star Wars universe. It definitely uh, is. It, it definitely does bring an extra. Uh, emotion when this happens and I, I will go back to again and also I'm on the side of the clones because you know more about who these clones are and you know how much they've been fighting alongside these Jedi and they both have uh, have saved each other at various different times it, it's just that much more heartbreaking yeah completely agree and uh, I do want to point out a couple more things that you do get exposed to within the Clone Wars that are super important as they do tie back into the films the first is that uh, you kind of get to see a little bit more of the Sith sorcery that uh, Emperor Palpatine can use there is a, a series within um, episode or I'm sorry season six of the Clone Wars where he is using uh, some Sith sorcery to kind of try to turn Master Yoda uh, and ends up largely being unsuccessful but and as a byproduct of that Yoda is is certainly aware that there is some force out there acting against the Jedi yeah not that he uh, really didn't kind of know that to begin with he could he could feel it going on out there but he just couldn't pinpoint it and uh, but that did actually you know just bring him a little more knowledge bring him a little more to the truth that is going to happen so when it does eventually come forward he already kind of had the idea that this was this was going on anyway yeah, there's also a very interesting story arc where they are exploring uh, kind of Master Yoda having heard the voice of Qui-Gon Jinn and, uh, you know, kind of starting to get his instruction in the technique, I guess, for lack of a better word, of communing with the Force and being able to merge with the living Force upon death. Here I am, ready for my next instruction, Master Qui-Gon. Yoda, my old friend, you have come at last. Qui-Gon Jinn, really you? It is? It is. Losing my mind, I am not? No, my friend, no. Why have you brought me here? Follow the light. The light will be your guide. planet is with the force it is one of the purest places in the galaxy how are you here i am a manifestation of the force a force that consists of two parts living beings generate the living force which in turn powers the wellspring that is the cosmic force Can you? I cannot. My training was incomplete. All energy from the living force, from all things that have ever lived, feeds into the cosmic force, binding everything and communicating to us through the midichlorians. Because of this, I can speak to you now. See the future. You can. I exist where there is no future or past. Know you who the Sith Lord is. I can only show you a place where the answers will be revealed to you. Be wary. 
give power to that which you fear, and it will show itself to you. So that storyline uh, is interesting in that it takes Yoda to Dagobah. He actually goes into that cave of evil that we talked about a few episodes ago himself. Uh, you know, we talk a little bit about his experience in there on that particular episode. But uh, and as well, you know, the whole concept of how he was trained in this uh, technique or this means of communing with people beyond the grave um, and, uh, you know, being able to then transfer that onto Obi-Wan at the end of Revenge of the Sith. So you get a little bit more backstory in terms of how they came across that knowledge and uh, kind of where that was coming from within the Clone Wars. Yeah, it was just kind of an offhanded comment near the end of Revenge of the Sith that, you know, I've I've been basically uh, speaking with you know, Qui-Gon Jinn and he showed me this uh, technique and, you know, while you're away at uh, your exile on Tatooine watching over Luke, you know, I, I want you to uh, begin your training in this regard is what he tells Obi-Wan. And um, it was just like I said, it was kind of an offhanded comment. But you're like, oh, OK, you know, this is how they explained, you know, that they all begin to turn into the blue glowies as you like to say or the force ghosts as most people like to say but uh it, it really is it does expand on the reasoning behind it that you would have not gotten any backstory on if you weren't watching the clone wars absolutely so i mean really i think that'll wrap it up for our conversation about the clone wars and why you really do need to go out and give that a shot uh we didn't want to go into too much detail uh, as you know, the whole point of that is to go out there and experience it for yourself. So we tried mainly to stick to the main story arcs and not get into too much spoiler material. Uh, but hopefully you do go out there and give it a try. If you do let us know what your feelings are on that, we would love to talk about that with you. Uh, but we will transition now into the Holland news for the week as it has been pretty kind of a pretty crazy 24 hours here. Um, in the sense that they did just release the new Mandalorian trailer, which I'm assuming is also going to be the final Mandalorian trailer, given that we're only a couple weeks away from Disney Plus going live, as we mentioned earlier. And uh, that is even cooler for us because one of the folks that is getting his break in Star Wars uh, within that Mandalorian series is a gentleman named Dominic Pace. Uh, he is going to be playing a particular role within that uh, within that series, and we're going to be fortunate enough to get to talk to him. I'm going to be talking with him here in the next few days, and we're going to have an episode uh, where we talk to him about what it was like to be a part of the Mandalorian. So look for that in one of our upcoming episodes, and uh, just a super nice guy, really down to earth. Um, he's getting to play a character that's a bounty hunter. Uh, if you go and follow him on social media, I know he's on Facebook and Twitter, uh, again, Dominic Pace is his name, and he's got a number of photos uh, and artwork about this character that he's going to be playing. So uh, we all know that a lot of people uh, certainly attach to these bounty hunter characters, and uh, this one looks very intriguing as well. So looking forward to seeing him within The Mandalorian. Yeah, really cool. And I'm sure you'll have a great conversation with him discussing what we're all excited about because The Mandalorian looks fantastic. It looks like everything we hope for in a Star Wars television series, the first live action Star Wars television series, every single uh, picture, every single film clip, every single trailer we've gotten for it so far has just looked magnificent. And I couldn't be more excited for it to debut here on November 12th with Disney+. Plus. Yeah. Um, also coming out in just a little over two weeks is going to be the Jedi uh, Fallen Order video game, which uh, I don't know about you, Tom, but I've already got mine pre-ordered. I'm looking forward to that dropping. And it 
from everything I've seen, it's just going to be an epic, uh, an epic game and kind of, you know, set within that timeline that we haven't really explored much that period of time after the Jedi purge, uh, and trying to survive as a force user, a member of the Jedi order, uh, during that period of time where the empire was aggressively trying to hunt those people down. Mm -hmm. Again, also the graphics in that look great the storyline from what we've gotten little glimpse of so far that looks fantastic i have it pre-ordered as well uh between the mandalorian and disney plus coming out on november 12th and just a few days later uh jedi fallen order coming out um, i don't know if i'm gonna see the sunshine throughout the end of november into early december at all because i'm gonna be locked into watching both those things or playing both those things well i think it's gonna work out really well for both of us i know we both got plans to make it down to walt disney world and uh, hit up galaxy's edge down there uh later in december and anything that's gonna help pass that time a little bit quicker is going to be a big plus for i think both of us no question and those will be perfect ways to do it certainly all right and then the uh the last item that i've got here is just a reminder for those of you who follow us out on social media to definitely keep an eye open i'm going to bounce the posts about the october giveaway that we're doing for a millennium falcon travel tumbler and uh all the instructions for how you're going to go ahead and get signed up for that giveaway uh can be found out on social media like i said i'm going to bump those posts on facebook uh, Twitter and Instagram. So look for those. Uh, just kind of follow the instructions there. We'll get you entered. We're going to do the drawing uh, on uh, November 1st. So this is, you know, sign up through the, the end of October here through October 31st. And then we will announce the winner of that contest on our next episode there at the beginning of November. So uh, looking forward to giving that away to one of our fans. And it really is a nice tumbler uh, straight out of Star Wars Galaxy's Edge. And uh, if you love the Millennium Falcon, it's going to be a, a great little piece that I'm sure it's going to get some people's attention. Yeah, it's a cool tumbler. You're definitely going to want that. So uh, take your shot at it. Hopefully you come through and you're the winner. But uh, either way, it's, uh, you know, it's just fun to encourage such a great show as the Jedi Temple Archives podcast. So uh, please get it out there and uh, take your crack at it because it's a pretty cool prize. And this is a pretty cool show. Yeah, I will. Again, Tom, I, as always, I appreciate your support and you taking the time out of your week to join me. Why don't you go ahead and give folks uh, where they can find you at the Hyperion Adventures podcast and uh, information on your series, Star Wars Remembered. Sure. Thanks, Rob. Yeah, we are in the midst of our Star Wars Remembered series. We've been breaking down a Star Wars film Every month, uh, gosh, it's been since, what, almost April? I can't remember when we even started it. But we are all the way through both the prequel trilogy, the standalone films, and the original trilogy. And next month in November, which, gosh, we're almost November already, we're going to be getting into the sequel trilogy. And Rob always joins us for those because he brings all the in-depth analysis into these films. And if you ever want to give us a listen, the best place to find us is on our own website, HyperionAdventuresPodcast.com. But we're also on pretty much every other platform where you can find podcasts. And if you want to follow us socially, we are on Twitter at Hyperion Podcast, Facebook, Instagram, and Pinterest at Hyperion Adventures Podcast. Awesome. And uh, certainly Tom and Michelle do a great job with that podcast. I think this past week uh, they were reviewing uh, the Gogi wines that Kurt Russell puts out for Disney. Uh, So if you love wine, definitely check that out. Um, And it's a really interesting story as well, uh, just in terms of of how he got into that. So uh, I would certainly recommend you go check that out, especially if you love Star Wars, but most especially if you love anything Disney related, because they have a lot of great content on their show. Uh, as for us, uh, I did have a couple of other shows that you can look for me on uh, that are going to be airing this week. Uh, the first was I had done some question and answer with Charles and Pat at Conversations. 
Uh, so check out that podcast. Uh, their topic of the week was lightsabers. So there's, you know, kind of some funny slapstick stuff related to lightsabers and the Jedi, but uh, enjoyed being a part of their show and looking forward to joining them at some point to, I believe they want to talk the Jedi temple. So looking forward to that. Uh, also guested on Scarif podcast again this past week where we were talking about the Clone Wars. So very topical to what we're dealing with here today. And uh, it was just kind of a last minute thing, but I had a great time uh, getting on there and talking that with Ro and Alex. Uh, and they also had Trevor Beast, who is one of the moderators for some of the uh, Star Wars quizzes as well. So uh, I believe at the beginning of this podcast, you know, we played the promo for their November 17th live show out in Chicago that I'm going to be joining them for. Uh, and definitely a good podcast. Uh, enjoy all the topics and their their different slant on things uh, and just a couple of great guys. So certainly check them out as well. As far as us, if you guys want to reach out to us for anything, but certainly if you have show topics or questions that you want to talk about, uh, we can be reached uh, at jtapodcast at gmail.com. You can find our episodes on jtapodcast.com and you can reach out to us on social media, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and Pinterest at JTA Podcast. So uh, again, Tom, thanks for joining me this week. I had a great time. It was a great conversation and looking forward to doing it again in the future. Always a pleasure being on the Jedi Temple Archives podcast, Rob. Yep. And I'm looking forward to uh, joining you guys as we delve into the uh, sequel trilogy. Again, thank you guys. Have a great week and may the force be with you. Mm -hmm.